Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Big Sister Hotline is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. I pay my respects to Elders past and present. The Hotline is proud to be an ongoing supporter of JIRA, an Aboriginal controlled community organisation where culture is shared and celebrated. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal and Black Lives Matter. Big Sister Hotline, how can we help? Hello, dear listeners, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. You're listening to the Big Sister Hotline, a weekly podcast offering frank, funny, and feminist advice on life, love, and whether or not you should break up with your no-good Nick boyfriend. Spoiler, we know the answer is always yes. Today's episode of the Big Sister Hotline is slightly different to normal protocol because it is part two of last week's episode with Aileen Quinn. We felt like this question that we're going to be answering today was too serious in nature, really, to be uh, placed within the context of the conversation we were having last week. So we wanted to give it the space that it needed to breathe, but also to be really listened to in a serious way. Uh, I just want to put um, it out there that there is a content note on this episode for discussion of sexual violence within a marriage and discussion of domestic abuse and um, coercion. So please listen to it when you're in a space where you can deal with that content and go gently. And remember that if you are experiencing anything that comes up in today's conversation, or if you need to reach out to someone who, or to the helpline that is well-placed to deal with issues like this, then please do call 1-800-RESPECT. That again is 1-800-RESPECT. I just want to say as well that I've spoken to the woman who has submitted this question and she is fine with me sharing the answer with everyone and she's she thinks it's a really important discussion for people to be having and as you listen as well I just want to reassure you that she has reached out to 1-800-RESPECT and she is looking at um, what steps she can take to extricate herself from this situation but it's still a very important conversation to have because I think that these dynamics are much more common than people think in domestic partnerships and in marriages and you may be in the situation yourself and have been unable to articulate that there is something wrong with it if any of this rings true for you then I would urge you once again to seek support from 1-800-RESPECT reach out to members in your community who you feel like you can trust and uh, understand that Again, if this resonates with you, that it is not okay. There is a spectrum of behaviors that are identifiable as domestic abuse and sexual coercion, even within a marriage, and perhaps especially within a marriage, is absolutely one of them. With all of that said, 
This is the question that Aileen and I answered last week that we have uh, decided required a standalone episode. Bastard partner, and I came up with that name, by the way, Bastard Partner asks, I've been in a relationship with my partner for eight years, married for almost five. We have two children and own a house together. The house is also co-owned with a minority share with my parents who are planning to build their retirement home on the property. From the outside, our life looks idyllic, but my husband is increasingly controlling and I feel trapped. The other night we had a big argument when I said no to sex. I was getting my period and I didn't feel very amorous. He got really upset and angry saying that he does so many acts of service like making me coffee in the mornings, driving me to the hairdressers, etc., and that I needed to do this one thing for him. Even if I just lie there, it would make him feel so much better. I should just take a deep breath and suck it up. It would only be 10 minutes of my life. He also suggested that he should have 12 cards, one for each month of the year. He can use the card for sex once a month. I can say no twice for whatever reason but not on the third time. He also said that he felt grey and subhuman, that he couldn't be happy at anything. Even if our son told a funny joke, he wouldn't be able to laugh. And once he had stopped arguing and I was almost asleep, I felt him start to touch me on the vulva. I was too shocked to say anything, but eventually he stopped. The next morning he tried again, and this time I let him masturbate on me. I feel horrible and violated. Even though I said yes the next morning, I felt dreadful. I went away that day for work, and when I got back a few days later, nothing had been said. No apology, no acknowledgement. I don't know what to do. This is an extremely serious situation, and if this has been triggering to anyone, that I strongly recommend that if you're in Australia that you call 1-800-RESPECT or you can call Lifeline as well. Uh, but none, nothing in this is okay. Nothing. Um, yep. Uh uh, uh, refuge is a good one um, in the UK. Um, when I share this on my stories, I will share some more um, links for UK stuff um, uh, where people can talk, um, resources that people can use. Yeah, um, I am so sorry that this has happened to her, and I am so incandescently angry that this has happened nothing yeah as you say nothing is okay and I kind of want to talk a little bit about the wider shit that he said that is probably relatable to too many women um in terms of being made to feel guilty for not wanting to have sex and things like that but you know he has assaulted you and that and and violated you you know in your home in your bed and it is just awful and there's nothing um there's nothing to add to that just to say that you're va- you know it's valid how you're feeling um i hope that our our um sort of rage on your behalf is is affirming to you that this isn't okay and i also hope that there's somebody who you can disclose this to in your life that you feel you know sort of com- confident in who you can f- confide in um because I think it's really important for you to be able to speak to somebody. And if you can't, you know, obviously there isn't a person then, uh, well, and, you know, and ring 1-800-RESPECT or 
whatever you need to do, uh, speak to professionals as well. Absolutely. But I hope that there is somebody for her that she can, you know, um, disclose this to because it's not something that she should have to carry by herself and something that she should have to work out what next by herself. Um, it's such a complex and such a horrible issue. In a way, it's not complex at all. It's very simple. It's awful and bad and it shouldn't have happened. Um, and in lots of other ways, emotionally and practically, it's incredibly incredibly complex. I agree. And I also would like to say how fucking dare he, how dare he do that to you? Uh, and also acknowledge, of course, that this is something that a lot of women are being subjected to mm-hmm. in their homes, particularly now that the pandemic has trapped everyone in their homes. Um, but I want to touch on a little bit of what you said as well, that the the circumstances leading up to the one that was described to us, um, and that is the manipulation and the the language that he's been using. And and just to state very clearly from the outset, um, maybe you, little sister, are aware of this and maybe you haven't framed it like this yet in your mind. Maybe other people in a situation similar to this haven't yet framed it. This is domestic abuse. This person is being abusive, is behaving in an abusive way, and you are experiencing a situation of domestic abuse. You are you are having domestic abuse perpetrated against you. And there is emotional manipulation in there, of course. There's also sexual violence that's being perpetrated against you. And uh, it's, it's a criminal act that has been done to you. Um, the the emotional manipulation that comes with you know he says that he feels trapped and that he feels unhappy and that you, if you would just do this one thing for him look at all of these other it's kind of like we were saying in the earlier question you know that or it, throughout this whole conversation that the the bar and I don't want to minimize this experience at all but the bar is so low that and this is why it all exists on a spectrum this is why we talk about rape culture as being a, a circumstance in which many factors are at play yeah. because sexual violence in this scenario has been in part perpetrated throughout through the use or with alongside the use of an emotional manipulation that is designed to make you feel obligated absolutely he's he's your husband and he brings you coffee in the mornings oh and he drives fuck you that like Sorry. somehow this means entitled to your body yeah i mean the th- the 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 fucking Can I say quickly you don't need to the the in your letter you said uh, you said no and then you said to us i was getting my period yeah very describe it you don't need to give mm. any reason that it needs to be you might have just not felt like it yeah that really struck me actually that she felt like even in this situation that she needed to explain why she wouldn't want to have sex with her husband you might just not want to have sex that's that's just valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the fucking audacity of the acts of service statement. I mean, he's, I don't think he has fundamentally understood it. I think he's just a manipulative prick. But that is not what an act of service is. It is not doing something so you get something. It is doing something for someone you love because it brings them joy or supports them or whatever, or maybe not even someone you love, you know. Um, I remember my husband used to bring me cups of tea in the morning and then when my son was little he'd wake up with him then he'd bring me a cup of tea and bring me this boy and then he'd go to work and 
And then one day he was just like, you know, I just feel like I always have to bring you a cup of tea. And this is obviously not the same situation. But it was like a kind of turning around of this thing that was, I thought, just a lovely thing that just helped me get through a day with a, you know, small baby just a little bit more and feel supported. Then became this like, oh, I have to do this for you. And it's like, the fuck, don't do it then. In fact, that's what I said to him. Um, but mm-hmm. like also with this like oh I, I drive you to these places or I I get I, I bring you coffee I bet she fucking cooks his tea and washes his underwear and looks after his kids and then like but he again that will be invisible to him it's just these little things that he does for her and why doesn't she do this one thing for him as if it's one thing as if she doesn't fucking support his life in every fucking way emotionally physically mentally financially if they own a house together I'm incredibly disturbed by the I mean I'm disturbed by all of it I'm enraged by all of it yeah. I am um I'm deeply concerned as well yeah. uh, and, I, and I agree with you in many ways this is an incredibly simple situation it is a situation of domestic abuse that is simply what it is but of course domestic abuse and and leaving domestic abuse is incredibly complicated and extracting yourself from a situation like this is difficult and there are emotions involved mm-hmm. and there's fear involved and you know so on so we we acknowledge that but i'm struck as well by the the mention of the cards yeah that he comes to me and he acts as if somehow you saying no to sex is like a harm that you're doing to him mm-hmm. and so he needs to mitigate that harm by coming to you and saying well i'm gonna have three cards a month i've i've decided that i'm gonna have three cards a month or three three chances a month, and you can say no twice. That's your. your that, I'll give that to you. I'll give you that right to say no to me twice. But on the third time, you're not allowed. Yeah, like that. I'm going to call it what it is. That is rape. Yeah, I literally. I mean, that's exactly how I was like. So what you're saying is, I can ask you for sex twice, and you can say no, but then you have to let me rape you, which is obviously not a thing you can do. You can't let someone rape you. That's the kind of the, you know, but it. But he's going to see that as consent because they've previously fucking you know agreed on a card system which i assume she's not going to agree to and you know but you know the thing is that coercion isn't consent acquiescence isn't consent it is probably self um self-preservation sometimes you know she she kind of said oh i think she said something about feeling bad that she said yes in the morning or something or or that she you know she did say yes or whatever it's like but he knew that you didn't want to do that yeah, he he manipulated her into it, and yeah. as well, there's something. And and again, I just I would just like to repeat again that obviously this is a very difficult conversation for yeah. us to be having, but it's it's going to be very difficult for some of you to be listening to, and I appreciate yeah. that. Obviously, feel free to switch it off right now. But if you do need to turn it off, then please make sure that you're okay. You know, contact helplines if you need to. Um, it's it's a triggering topic, but it's one that obviously is a reality for a lot of people. So we need to talk about it, and we need to make we need to vociferously and vigorously dispute this idea that a lot of men seem to have, and a lot of women don't seem to have been told they're allowed to say no to marital coercion mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. relationship domestic coercion. Um, and uh, for me, one thing as well that struck me was that. 
the next morning when he'd sort of basically broken her down and coerced her and manipulated her into in this emotional way that she says, I let him masturbate on me. And for me, I feel like that's an act of de- degradation that he's, yeah. and it's not always, that's a separate topic. But yes. in this scenario, that's an act of degradation where he is degrading you because you've said no to him. And he's, yeah. he's, this is, this is your punishment for that. Yeah. And this it's is like, not, yeah. A situation that you are safe in. No. And it's, you know, you just have to ask the question why would you want to have sex with somebody who doesn't want to have sex with you? Why would you get pleasure out of that? What kind of like horrible, abusive mindset are you in that you're, you can just lie there? What What is sex to you then? Like, if that's what, if you could just, that what, buy a flashlight for fuck's sake. Like, you are not, you know, it's so dehumanizing and it's so horrible. And, and, you know, there are so many ways that men manipulate women into having sex. And one of them is to make them feel like there's something wrong with them because they don't want to have sex, you know? So it's like, what's happened to you? Um, Uh And it's like, I mean, maybe we don't want to have sex with you because you're an abusive asshole and we don't like you and you, or, you, we don't feel like you like us or, you know, and it's never. Maybe we do want to have sex with you sometimes, but just not right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't like own a bank of points where you're like, well, I've bought you 10 cups of tea this month. So yeah. come on, chop, chop. Yeah. And even if, you know, there are so many, there's like, there's sort of surveys that I've, I remember the, this big survey come out, maybe in the Guardian, or it might have been the Times. I can't remember. Um, it was like in one of the Sunday supplements, this big sex, you know, survey for people in long-term relationships. It might have even been married people, but I'm not sure. Basically, you know, how many times do you have sex? You know, how often do you have sex? And I think it was like 18% of marriages they don't have sex at all. And I remember this was after I'd got divorced and or was separated, and I really wanted to cut send a cutting to my ex and just be like see it wasn't that bad which is a horrible thing to like feel but you know to feel like I you know you've made you made me feel like there was something wrong with us because we weren't having enough sex and and when I say us obviously I mean me because he wanted it um now I didn't have this kind of horrible experience that this this you know little sister had but um but that thing of like yeah like guilt like you're like you're depriving them of something um and there's no there's no uh, you know we've lost intimacy let's become in- intimate again and that can happen in long-term relationships we've lost that being with each other and that you know that just closeness let's let's try and find our way back to that that's a conversation that would be really hard to have but could be valid but that is not what this is this is let me mm. do to you what i want you to do to you you should let me um you should let me you should acknowledge that i not only do i do all these nice things for you that by the way you should be doing anyway because that's part and parcel of being in a relationship Mm -hmm. but also you should you should let me do this because i'm really sad yeah sad right now i've got no hope i'm sad i mean like that what she described is sounds like clinical depression and as someone who's had 
and has recurrent clinical depression. If he does have clinical depression, it's not because you're not fucking him. He needs to go to the doctor and get that sorted out. And I'm sorry for him if he had, well, I'm not really sorry for him because he's a piece of shit, but I would be in other circumstances. <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, but that is, if he actually does feel like everything's gray and he can't laugh at even your son's jokes, that's something that is a medical condition that he needs to sort out. If he's saying that because he's saying that you not having sex with him is causing that, or something about your personality or your way of being in the relationship is causing that, you're that's not, just you're not that's, acknowledging him. Yeah, and that's not that's funny. not the case. There's something that she said at the start of the letter that sort of didn't really need to be in there, which makes me think that it's relevant. Uh-huh. Um, and that was that her parents own a minority share in their property. Yes, and and are planning to build their retirement home there, which indicates to me maybe, I could be wrong, but maybe part of his, um, part of the justification that he's making to himself for the incredibly abusive way that he's behaving is that somehow he's been emasculated and so he's reasserting his power over her by this, you know, um, I mean, I did. I look. I could. Yeah. I, could I mean, I see that. My th- my thought was that this is why she feels so trapped, because there's this whole plan oh, yes. that yeah. her, her parents, yeah. you know, her parents are supposed to be building a property on a house, you know, on a piece of land that they own together, and therefore, how can she? She's going to be. She she's. I. I imagine there might. And again, what the fuck do I know about this woman's life? But there's going to be some anxiety of like. I'm uprooting everyone's life. And of course, there's some anxiety around the children or the child. I'm not sure how many. Um, but that I'm trapped here because this is my parents' retirement plan. Like, or, and, but I can see that as well, the kind of emasculation or that I'm letting your parents come and live on, in our, on our property. So therefore, like, I'm a good guy or, but you know. do me. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that, not- that that situation feels particularly like if I, you know, she wants to get out of this marriage and that means you have to sell the house and that means she has to move, then what what does that mean for her parents? You know, all this, all this kind of stuff. Like I can imagine it's just like opens up into a mountain of fear and like practical mm-hmm. questions that must be incredibly overwhelming. Um, and I suppose the first step is to find what the foothills are of that mountain. And, and you say, okay, what's the first foothill? What, what's the first, what's the first rung I can go on? You know, where do, what, what do I need to do first? I need to maybe find somebody to tell or talk to or find a, a professional to advise me and then just do that one. Cause the whole mountain. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I'd like to say as well that when I received this email from this little sister, I, I knew it was a big, big deal question yeah. and that there was a lot going on in it and it was we needed to treat it respectfully and tread carefully. Not that we would treat any question respectfully, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did reply to her straight away and say, this is a really big question. Are you comfortable? Are you sure you're comfortable with us discussing this on the podcast? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may be given a very difficult answer and she said I, that she understood that and that she really wanted to hear us talk about it, which right. again makes me think that uh, 
in lots of ways, people ask questions of any advice podcast, whether or not it's this or advice line or whatever it might be, they they almost know the answer themselves, mm-hmm. but they want to be directed to it. Yeah. And I feel in this situation it's incredibly scary if you are enmeshed in someone's with in a life with someone and you have children together and then this this huge thing happens or has been building up for a while and then kind of is executed in this way where now there's no longer she has incontrovertible proof that she's been subjected oh. to violence yeah and sexual violence by the person that she's supposed to be able to trust the most in the world um so that is obviously, I think she knows what she needs to do in that scenario. But as you said, like it's an incredibly complicated situation and there may be, she says that she feels very trapped. So the question that she's asking is, how do I not feel trapped anymore? And mm-hmm. the answer to that might be, or the question there might be, how do I extricate myself from the situation in which I am being abused and trapped? Mm-hmm. So that's a huge question. Very first thing that I would advise you practically is, as you said, to confide in someone close to you. Now, obviously, you've confided in us because it's easier to tell a stranger. Mm. But to, if you feel comfortable confiding in your parents, at the very least, confiding in your parents and letting them know, yeah, or or, or, a, or a close friend, and also speaking to a professional. Like, yeah, we are not professionals. We can give you big sister at the pub advice, but like you need to go and speak to a professional therapist a professor you need to call 1-800-RESPECT mm-hmm. you need to speak to someone who is equipped to deal with this situation professionally and who can advise you what your practical legal steps can be and are um and also I think that if there's any part of you that wants to salvage the relationship with your husband which there may be and I don't judge you for that mm-hmm. you know that's you've got two children together if that is what you want then that is what you must explore first, even though we think he's a piece of shit. Um, and one thing that he needs to do is acknowledge what he's fucking done. Yes. And he yes. needs therapy for it. He needs Absolutely. to 100% commit to going and speaking to a therapist and a counsellor and acknowledging what he's done and making reparations, promising and committing to never doing it again and also working on his fucking, you know, self-view. Mm-hmm his unhappiness or whatever he wants to use to justify this terrible thing that he's done to you, that yeah. he's chosen to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you've, you've, su- you've summarised well, really. Um, uh, and that goes for anyone listening who is experiencing this, which, you know, there's a huge percentage of women who experience sexual violence or who are subjected to, who have sexual violence perpetrated against them, by their intimate partner, yeah. sexual violence, financial violence, emotional abuse, these are all part and parcel of the spectrum of, emo- of domestic abuse that women are being subjected to every day all over the world. Yeah. And you may not know that this is abusive behaviour. No. no, absolutely. I'm sure there's so many people who don't. Some of the worst behaviours I've been subjected to at the time I, could, I wouldn't have named. Um as abuse or whatever they were, the names that they needed to be given. So I think that's really important. And I really hope, I really hope she can talk to her parents about it. I know that there are some parents who, you know, it really depends on their life view and, and how they view marriage and, you know, but if they are supposed to be moving on to that property, 
then I really hope that there is something she can talk to at least one of them about um, because she's going to have to, if she does, I mean, yeah, as you say, she may want to try and salvage this relationship. She's going to have to sort of at least put a, put a pin in them building a house on that property, you know, to make sure that she's somewhere she feels like she wants to be. Um, mm. Or, I mean, I don't know, I said have to, obviously there's no have to, but um, I really hope that she can talk to them. I really hope that, but that's not advice. That's sort of more just a, a wish I'm putting out into the universe for her. I, I just want to say one other thing, and that is that in situations like this, it's not uncommon for women who are being subjected to abuse to um, to bury it down or to uh, minimise it in some way because, as you said, of that, you know, the feeling that they need to keep the family together or that they, it's too shameful oftentimes for people to admit that they're being subjected to abuse or that they are being abused, um, that the person that their community knows and loves is abusing them. And the fear as well of being believed is obviously huge because oftentimes women aren't believed. Um, so if you are being, if some of your pause in knowing what to do is, this sense that you can put up with it for the good of everybody else, mm -hmm. then firstly, I would say that I acknowledge that that's a common feeling. It doesn't make it the correct feeling. It's just common. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to feel that way or that you don't deserve more. But also maybe think about it in terms of like your – think about it in terms of what a healthy relationship what what kind of relationship does your children's mother deserve to have? Mm. Not what kind of relationship do you deserve to have? What kind of relationship does your children's mother deserve to be have? What kind of respect does your children's mother deserve to be given every day? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's sad that framing that in that way can make us prioritise ourselves in a way that we can't necessarily show up for ourselves but it's also really important um and a really useful kind of way to really focus what is what is okay and what what is um what kind of home you want um is to see well actually I mean my mum's always said to me the best the best gift you can give your child is a happy mother or at least a Maybe not happy because that's a bit of pressure, but, um, yeah. you know, um, a healthy, you know, sort of healthy-minded mother, I suppose. A, um, a Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're going to be partnered with somebody and if you are, uh, you know, partnered with someone who you've had children with, say you're the non-birth parent, the most important thing you can do for your children is to respect their mother. Uh-huh. Yeah. And to show, to live that respect and to show that respect. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. So, you know, just wrapping this one up, um, it's, uh, you know, it's imperative at the very least that he acknowledge what has happened and that he commit to getting therapy, I believe. Um mm -hmm. I think that that's the only way from the sounds of your communication, that's the only way that you 
could even hope to get past this or to acknowledge that it's happened or to to find some way to to together acknowledge it and move forward mm-hmm. um but i also strongly strongly urge you to in in fact even before you listen to this i'll say this to you in, in an email that you need to call 1-800 respect mm-hmm. and uh, you need to get further professional advice about that this and that goes for anyone who's in a similar situation and just remember as well that it doesn't no there are no there is no amount of kindness done to you or nice acts of service provided to you that means you owe anybody your body you don't owe them yeah. sex you don't owe them sexual activity you don't owe them a fucking hand job you don't owe them anything and least of all for a cup of coffee fucking yeah it's yeah that is it's just wild it's just so wild that somebody could even have that i mean it's it's also like depressingly unsurprising but yeah mm-hmm. no you don't owe you don't owe him shit that number is 1800 respect You've been listening to The Big Sister Hotline with me, Clementine Ford. That was an additional question from our recorded episode last week with Aileen Quinn, who is the genius behind the Instagram account Tinder Translators. You can listen to that whole episode in the backlog of episodes where you can also listen to other episodes that we've done. This is number 31 in the series, actually, which is quite exciting. And next week, I'm very, very thrilled to announce that our guest Big Sister will be the one and only Yasmin Abdel-Majid. Can't wait for that. Please do tune in. This one was a shorter one today, obviously, but a very heavy conversation. So perhaps that's a good thing. You can listen to the back episodes, as I said, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your content. You can also support the making of the podcast at my Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Clementine Ford, where pledges of more than $10 a month receive access to a bonus monthly episode. Remember as well that you can submit your questions to the hotline at bigsisterhotline at gmail.com. And we won't judge you. We're big sisters and we've got your back. Please remember once again that if you are experiencing any of the signs of domestic abuse in your own relationships, then you can call 1-800-RESPECT, even if it's just to get advice, even if it's just to put it out there and tell someone, you don't have to make a decision on what to do today. But speaking to a professional will help you to figure out what to do tomorrow. Remember, there's no topic too thorny and no question too weird for the Big Sister Hotline. We're here for all the questions you don't want to ask your therapist, especially now that it has to be over Zoom. So contact us instead. The Big Sister Hotline. The phone lines are open. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 